It's now time for our Bible reading. So I'll ask you to turn to the Gospel of Luke and chapter 2. This is a storytelling of what Simeon said in the temple when he was presented with the baby Jesus. We'll be reading from verse 25, after which time I'll invite Sean to come up and preach to us. So then, Luke chapter 2 and verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marvelled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Well, good morning, everyone. What a great privilege it is to preach from God's Word and to think about Christmas a little bit more. We are very much close to Christmas. In fact, in only 24 hours, we'll be celebrating the actual birth. But during this time, you might have already done your Christmas shopping and you've gone around to different shops And it is that time of year where certain songs make their way into your head, whether you want to or not, whether you want to block it out. Anytime you walk into a shopping center, no doubt Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas will be there waiting for you. And once it's played, it never quite leaves your head, does it? It lasts for the duration of Christmas and longer. But it surprises me, and perhaps it does you, the effect of what songs can do. What is it about songs that have this capacity to evoke emotions so deep within us almost instantly? I mean, think of songs like Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On, Eric Clapton's Tears in Heaven, Dean Lewis, How Do I Say Goodbye? All these songs evoke such deep sadness. One chord, and you can instantly feel your heart sink. Or on the opposite side of things, you hear on the radio songs that just lift you up. Songs that perhaps might just annoy you. Perhaps like Baby Shark. (laughs) 
that is a fan favorite, actually. And just that's a joke. <clears throat> In fact, we can learn a lot about ourselves and what we hope and dream about based on our favorite songs. And as you look at your Spotify Wrapped or your the songs in review or your favorite song playlist, I wonder what do these songs that you listen to, what emotion pulls at your heart? What do those songs that you love to listen to, what do they tell you about your heart's desires? What is it about our heart's desires? What does it long for? Well, I'm convinced that our favorite songs tap into what our heart desires. Or at least they really resonate with what our heart longs to see fulfilled. So you take, for example, you hear these songs of loss. They speak about our heart's desire to never forget our loved ones. To seek to remember the relationship that once was there. Songs of broken relationships speak of a longing for a perfect relationship, a perfect and ideal person to be with forever. You could do the same for all the other songs. Songs of peace, quiet, rest, and hope. Whatever it is that we long for as we hear these songs, these longings, I'm convinced that all of these longings are only ever fulfilled Because of what Christmas brings. That is, let me put it another way. Christmas delivers and Christmas answers what our favorite songs lead us to. Now for a moment, just think about what your favorite songs are. Think about what we long for in those songs. Now a majority of songs nowadays would be longing for a connection, mourning a loss, a broken relationship. We sing of things that we hope for, things that we long to see, don't we? And so I want to show you that what Christmas delivers is what our heart and what we all need. And to understand what Christmas delivers, we're going to look at a Christmas song that comes from Luke 2 by a man named Simeon. Martin just read for us from the gospel or or the good news according to Luke And so this morning, there's going to be two things we're going to look at. What is Simeon's hope and what is our hope? What is Simeon's hope? Let's start there. Firstly, let's better understand what he is hoping for. This is helpful when you think of any song, I think, because if you can understand the artist who wrote the song, well, you get a better grasp of the song and its rich meaning. Take, for example, there's a song called It Is Well With My Soul by Horatio Spafford. Let me read to you the first verse. It says this. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows row, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. But as you hear the context of that song, what happened? Horatio, when he wrote this song, He suffered devastating financial ruin, and he lost all four of his daughters in a shipwreck. You hear that context, and it changes the tone of the song completely. So let's do the same for Simeon. 
Who is this? What do we know about Simeon? Uh, well, look with me if you have the Bibles, your Bibles with you in Luke chapter 2. Uh, he writes about it in his gospel or good news account. Uh, Luke 2 verse 25. Let me uh, reread that for us. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was a righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So here we have this man, a righteous man, a devout man, but he's waiting for the consolation of Israel. What is that? Well, it's Israel is God's nation and they're waiting for cons- consolation, comfort. But why would a whole nation need to be consoled? Well, when it faces a national tragedy. Now you think of the tragic events of 9-11. And after those events, the president, George W. Bush, he comforted his people as he made a mass announcement to the nation. He told them about what just happened. He told them about what they are going to do to help them. He told them how America is going to respond. And finally, he reassured them that life as they know it in America will continue and that justice will be pursued. Now imagine if there was no response. Imagine the events of 9-11 and you're waiting for someone to comfort you and there's simply nothing. No one to address their fears and concerns. No one to bring clarity about what just happened. And no hope to hold on to about life as they know it. In a similar sense, that's what Simeon and the rest of the nation Israel is like before Christ is born. They needed consolation because all throughout the Bible, humanity has been plagued by one problem, the problem of sin. Now, you might have heard this word thrown around in Christian circles or around us in the world, but unless we properly understand the effects of sin, we can never understand why Christmas is worth celebrating. Without understanding what sin does, we can't properly understand why we should rejoice. No less rejoicing over a baby. You see, the whole Bible centers around the resolution of sin. So what is it? Well, fundamentally, sin is the rebelling, the rejecting, and the ignoring of God and his rule. Not living as God created us and calling us to live. Because God created all of humanity to be the centerpiece of his creation, the pinnacle. But when Adam and Eve, the first two humans, when they rejected him, when they sinned and ate the fruit that God forbade them to, well, this disobedience of God's loving law affected the entire world and all of humanity. And the Bible records for us the search for the solution of sin throughout human history. Maybe there's someone who could follow God and his law. But to no avail. And yet God promises 
that there will be a time where sin will be dealt with. God promises that there will be someone who will save them, and he will come from God's nation, Israel. And as you read through the Bible, as you follow along Israel's path with God, you see some hope. Maybe it's this guy. But as you see more, more strikingly what we see is the engulfing and corrupting effects of sin, affecting every single person. Humanity continues to reject the king's rule over their lives. And this is the grief. This is the trouble that Israel and the rest of the world is tainted with. This is the grief and the sorrow that we long to be relieved of. And that's why Simeon is so keenly waiting for the consolation of Israel. That's what he's hoping for. Imagine years and years of waiting for a promised Savior to come. It's painful. It's long. It's dragged out. But for Simeon, he gets this specific promise revealed to him. God reveals to him by his Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ, the Lord's Savior. So here is a promise that's about to be complete. And that's what, that's what Simeon's hoping for. He is hoping for the comfort of God's people, for salvation, for hope, and for peace. And so how does he see this hope fulfilled? Well, let's take a look just before the song starts. There's one line in verse 27. I want to read and draw out what he sees. So have a look, if you have it there. Verse 27. And he, Simeon, came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God. His hope is fulfilled because of the baby Jesus. He takes the baby in his arms. He blesses God. He praises God before he breaks into his actual song. Isn't that amazing? There's something special that he sees in this baby Jesus that causes him to break out into this song. It's a bit like how many of our songs today are about a loved one and their different personalities, their characteristics. But this song is unlike any song that we sing about today. Today, our, our songs are very much about this person, how I feel about this person, what they've done or how this person has treated me. But here is a song that is much wider and much deeper. Because in this song, Simeon finds his hope realized. So have a look with me. In verse 29, Simeon says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all people a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. So what we see here, Simeon takes one look at this baby and he sees everything that he needs. He says he can go to death in peace. Why? Because he's seen God's salvation. God's consolation of Israel is here. You read that and you think his hope is complete, but... All he's done is held a baby. 
I have a 10-month-old baby. I hold him all the time. I never sing about uh, Australia being saved because of him, even if he is really, really cute. So you have to wonder, what, what is it about this baby that he sees? Well, we know he sees God's salvation. We know that he sees that this baby is going to lead the nation, not just Israel. You see that word Gentiles. It means not just Israel, the nation, but everyone else, all the other nations. This salvation is going to be revealed to them too. Here, this baby is going to bring salvation to all the nations. Everyone's going to know about the peace and salvation that they can have with God. We don't know exactly what he sees, but Simeon certainly sees that this baby is bringing the solution to sin and its corruption. This baby is going to comfort God's people. This baby is the one who all of Israel has been hoping for since the beginning of creation. Because what this baby has come to do is to free us from sin. Jesus comes to the judgment and takes the judgment of sin that we deserve. We deserve it because we've rejected God. We've rejected his rule. But Jesus takes it upon himself on the cross. He dies so we do not. He takes the death that we deserve. But he rises from the dead. And in Easter, that's what we celebrate. He ascends and by faith, we can be saved too. Now this is the hope that comes from Christmas. Well then, let's now move. Let's consider then our hope. This is the hope that Simeon has been singing about. What is our hope? Because we hear this grand news. No doubt we marvel at what's being said about this baby Jesus. But notice what Simeon says about Jesus in verse 34. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. See, what's happening is Jesus has been appointed for. What Jesus is going to do is going to cause offense and division such that there's only going to be two responses to him. You are either going to be for him or you're going to be against him. And so I wonder who you say this baby is. Because you might think that this is great for Israel. I'm sure it is. This is great for people who believe in that kind of stuff, but I'm okay without Jesus. I'm just here for Christmas. I'm just here to be with family and friends. But the problem is that to celebrate Christmas without Christ, well, that's to continue to live against God and his rule. It's to continue to live in rebellion from the king. It's to continue to live in sin. And that's that's a big problem because sin is what needs to be dealt with. And we can deal with it in our two ways. Either bearing it for ourselves, receiving the just judgment for rejecting God and his rule, remaining guilty without hope, 
without peace with God. And you know, we can, we can try and hide it. We can play as many songs that mask over the desperate need that we have. We can play songs that capture our hearts and minds for the moment, but at the end of the day, that guilt still stands. The war against God continues on, and there is no peace. The alternative is to trust in Jesus, who has bore the penalty of sin for us. If we humbly fall before King Jesus, then we too will rise with the King who was raised from the dead. Turn to God in asking for forgiveness, and we will find it in Jesus, and he will comfort our souls. You see, the sadness that we feel in our songs that we hear, the joy that we long for, for perfected relationships, all of these longings point us to a need for a saviour, our need for the one who will restore our relationship with God, the one who restores what has been broken and destroyed by sin. The one who purifies the corruption of the world. This is what we sing about at Christmas. This is the hope that we celebrate. A hope that lasts for all eternity. A hope where evil and corruption of sin is gone. Where there is no more loss. Loved ones don't go away anymore. Relationships are not broken or tainted. Our minds are at rest. Unburdened by our anxieties of the world and its falling apart, unburdened by the weight of sin. Our bodies freed from pain, freed from the injuries and the brokenness of aging. That's what we hope for. That's everything that we sing for and long for, and all of it is found in Christ Jesus. And so when we see this baby in the manger, well, our eyes ought to see God's salvation. So how do we respond to this child? Well, let us respond like Simeon did, who awaited the consolation of Israel by praising God with peace to the point that he was happy to die. Well, I wonder, is that the joy that we have for Christ? Or are we waiting for something else? Well, let us celebrate with Chris. Let us celebrate Christmas with Christ in our minds and in our hearts. Because of Jesus, we can have a sure and certain hope of peace and salvation. And what a great joy it is to know that sin and corruption is dealt with. What a great joy it is to know that every evil deed will be judged and brought to right. What a joy it is to know that we have been saved from this evil corruption. What a joy it is to know that our Savior reigns. Well, if you don't know this joy, well, can I encourage you to continue to explore who Jesus is and this great hope that he brings? Please join me as we pray. For Father in heaven, we praise you and thank you because of your abounding love for us that we see in the Lord Jesus. 
What a joy it is to celebrate Christmas. And Lord, we ask that you would renew our love for you. Renew our zeal for what your son Jesus has achieved on the cross. Renew our love for your word and your grace. And Lord, may all our celebrations point to you. Lord, would you be greatly honored, not just in this Christmas time, but Lord, may it spur us to live joyfully every day of our lives. Lord, thank you for freeing us from sin. Thank you that by faith in Jesus, we can be made right before you. Thank you for bearing the weight of sin, the punishment we deserve. All of this because of your great love for us. And so we thank you. And Lord, may this joy of the gospel, may the joy of this good news, this great news, never run dry. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.